It's an approval that some say puts the net in net zero. Last Friday, the Federal Environment Minister, Tanya Plibersek, approved the Santos Gas Expansion Project in Queensland, Surat Basin, a project with an operational life of around 30 years. That comes after these concerns by the Australian energy market operator. What we see towards the back end of the decade is increasing reliability gaps, and those gaps hit every mainland state in the national electricity market. The analysis that AMO undertakes is only on what's called committed projects. They really have to be there and with a firm expectation that they will be delivered. That's AEMO CEO Daniel Westerman speaking to RM Breakfast yesterday. I'm joined now by Rebecca Mikula-Reich, CEO of the Investor Group on Climate Change. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Patricia. Great to be with you this morning. First of all, the government's given the green light to Santos for its project. What does that project mean for the, the, the broader gas industry? Well, this is one of, you know, around 45 projects that are also in scoping investigation or or development stage, according to government records. Um, You've got names like Scarborough Barossa, which are LNG export projects, and and Narrabri and Beetaloo, which are domestic gas projects. But what these long-term projects have in common is that they're subject to the heavy risks from, you know, geopolitical instability and market volatility that we've seen increasingly over the last 12 months. Um, And we're seeing this in the environment of of regulatory changes social backlash and, of course, the emissions associated with these projects, uh, especially with some of the higher carbon contents like fracking of Beetaloo, for example. And the reality is that if all these projects go ahead, the carbon release would set the globe up for a level of warming that would really be catastrophic according to the best science that we have. Yeah, but as you just said, if they all go ahead, I mean, they won't all go ahead, will they? There is just so much instability in some of these proposals. Well, that's right. And I think this is what investors are really looking at on these projects. Um, you know, Australia's big institutional investors like the super funds have have stakes in companies all around uh, the country and the world, uh, and they're exposed to the opportunity and risk, um, and they can't divest from climate risk. So these projects, are, you know, need to be scrutinised. And as you said at the top, you know, they're very long-term projects and the longer term they are, the more exposed they are to this market volatility. And this is all happening in an environment where the costs of renewable energy continue to decline. Uh, and as we've heard rapid, repeatedly from, from the government and, and EMO, we're moving towards a renewable energy future and we need to do that at pace. Okay, so were you surprised by this approval? Look, I think um, we... Increasing gas is a risk to our economy and investors need to manage and and reduce their risk exposures. So I can't comment on this sort of project in particular, um, but investors are looking at all of these projects and really need to understand and and are engaging with these companies to understand how individual projects might stack up um, in their transition to a net zero carbon economy. Um, and, and investors need to make decisions off the back of that, um, you know, when, when uh, projects like this, you know, are approved. Do we know anything about how much, if any, gas will be available for the domestic market as opposed to export from these kind of approvals? Well, most of our gas is for the export market. Uh, and that's why, you know, we are feeling the, the, the price pinch here at home for consumers and, and also for industry, because we know the the increase in, in global gas prices um, are higher than, um, you know, the domestic prices. That's, and that's true, why but the there government... have been changes that this government, the Albanese government, is making to, to the regime to ensure that supply is maintained in Australia, right? 
yes, to some extent, but, you know, this is going to take a while to implement. And the reality is, you know, our recommendation is that we need to reduce gas demand. Um, you know, we need to see no new gas connections in residential buildings. We need to work much harder to electrify commercial buildings. And we've got to continue to push to commercialise green fuels for industrial needs um, because we are at the mercy of, of global markets um, and this increasing price. Um, and, and the measures that have been taken, you know, really won't, um, you know, aren't going to improve the situation for consumers and industry in the short term. From Santos to another resource company, and we saw some really interesting results from minor BHP yesterday. It's after-tax profit for the six months to the end of December slumped by one-third. What are the main factors in that decline? Well, we've seen that their coal revenues, um, you know, have been decreased and they've put two, two new coal plants up for sale. Um, and BHP has said that for them, these assets are effectively stranded. They can't justify the capital expenditure that those projects would need and they're simply not attracting the investment. Uh, and so BHP is looking to, um, you know, transition their portfolio. And this is something that investors have been working with them on for, for some years now. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much, Patricia. Uh, Rebecca McCullough-Wright is CEO of the Investor Group on Climate Change and you are listening to ABC RN Breakfast. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.